You're listening to The Shop Independent Show, the place to hear inspiring stories from independent shop owners, pick up some great tips around running an independent shop, and hear people talk passionately about flying the shop independent flag. Your host is me, Barbara Steadman, the owner and founder of Love Our Shops UK, a shopping directory full of independent shops online. If, like me, you want to shop with independents as much as you possibly can, then my directory will help you find them. So, for now, let's get on with today's show. On today's show, I'm talking to Lowry of Shop Cullum. Lowry runs a Welsh shop from my local town of Oswestry Street in Shropshire. Oswestry Street is actually in England, but being on the border of Wales, there are lots of Welsh speakers here. They're probably the only Welsh shop actually based in England. I love Lowry's business journey. It's been one of steady organic growth, developing the business one small step at a time. From a small idea out of the blue, she began testing the market, quite literally, with a small market stall and a small online shop, gradually growing and developing, then finally opening her very own bricks and mortar shop, all whilst raising a young family. Lowry has lots of creative business ideas, which she has built into her business and ensures she supports local makers as much as she possibly can. I love Lowry's approach to business. She takes calculated risks, runs with opportunities she sees, and is always taking steps to grow and develop the business, but in a way that feels right for her. She has a calm but very strategic approach to her business and absolutely loves what she does. You're going to enjoy this episode and learn lots too. Hello, Lowry. So lovely to have you here. Hi, thank you. I wonder, Lowry, if you could start by introducing us to your business. Yeah, my name is Lowry Roberts and the name of my business is Shop Cullum. Um, Shop Cullum is a Welsh shop. So basically we sell books, cards, gifts and other, um, I think books, cards, gifts sort of covers it, but um, they all happen to be Welsh or have a connection with Wales or be local. I'm really excited to be doing this interview because not only is Lowry a brilliant guest and she'll have a really inspiring story to share with us, but she runs her fantastic shop from my local town, Oswestry. So I'm really pleased to be chatting with her today. (laughs) So without further ado, Lowry, can we share with us uh, Shop Cullum, how it began and where the name comes from and what it actually means? Yes, of course. Yes, I should mention that bit. So shop column, um, shop means shop in both languages. It's spelt a bit different in Welsh and the order of words is different in Welsh. So shop means shop, column means not or plat. So literally it's not shop. But the idea behind it is that the Welsh language sort of ties Ossestry to Wales because those of us who are familiar with the area here, there's a lot of Welsh spoken today. There's historically been a lot of Welsh spoken. So although Ossestry is in England, in Shropshire, it feels quite a Welsh town, quite a bilingual town. So that's the idea that the language is tying Ossestry to Wales. And that's the idea behind the knot. And I can't remember what else, what the what you said <laughs> that's really interesting to hear actually I never I never realized that was what it what it actually meant after all these years of knowing your shop yeah I never actually knew that's what it meant but the other question was where did it all begin it began because as a Welsh speaker I've always sought out Welsh things you know if I want to send a card out I want to send a Welsh card if the recipient's Welsh and I've always bought Welsh books for myself and before we started the shop You'd either have to go to somewhere like Balam or Carnarvon or Cardiff where they have, you know, well shops already or something like the National Eisteddfod once a year where you'd stock up like a year's worth of cards. 
And I just had an idea one day, and it, is, it sounds a really silly story now, but I'll share it. I was taking my dog for a walk one morning, it was Sunday morning, and I was walking up Albion Hill in Ossestry, and there was a Polish shop on Albion Hill that, those days. It's not there anymore. It's moved. And I just thought, gosh, if there's a Polish shop for like one minority group in Ossestry, I wonder if we could get a Welsh shop for another minority group, you know, would, would it work? And then I put that, after I had that idea, walking the dog, I put it on Facebook. Facebook was quite new in those days, in 2010 this was. And I put it on my Facebook, who would who thinks it's a good idea? And I was just really surprised how many people, you know, these just be my friends, said, oh, yeah, that's a brilliant idea, because they felt you could buy everything in Ossestring apart from Welsh things. So I thought, well, we'll give it a go. We'll try it. So that was basically how it began. Oh, it's brilliant. It's always great, isn't it, to inspiring to hear where these things begin, because it's always a little idea in somebody's head. And then yeah. all of a sudden it sparks something and, and off you go with it, with the idea. So it, it's really good to hear. So is it just you? I don't think it is. Is it? Have you no, got... it's me and my mum. Yeah. Um, so the next thing after that Facebook post, I said to my mum, I've had this daft idea. And my mum is quite a... Um, you know, you have complementary personalities and I'm sort of the more optimistic, positive one. And my mum's more of the, you know, pull the reins back, maybe a bit more, not pessimistic, but a bit more realist. And so I expected her to say, oh, that's a bit daft, isn't it? Oh, that's nice, but that'll never work. And she goes, actually, that's a really good idea. And I'd like to help you with that. So we became partners. So 50-50 partners, but we've got different skill sets and different experiences and different priorities. So my mum does a lot more behind the scenes. And I suppose I do more things like this. <laughs> and so we sort of find stock together. We we work in the shop, you know, different times. Um, my mum doesn't drive. So, you know, we have to work out how she gets there and when she can get there. So it's a partnership of me and my mum. And then when I had my daughter, we decided, so nearly five years ago now, we decided to employ somebody to work on a Saturday so I could have weekends as a family. So since then, first we had an employee called Aira, and then Aira went to university, and we now have an employee called Maleri. But she doesn't just do Saturdays. Um, the role sort of developed now, and she works full-time for us. She does the four days that we trade. Oh, that's brilliant. I really love your accent as well. I know people <laughs> think that I sound Welsh, but you, you've got such a lovely accent. It's really nice to oh, hear. thank you. If you go to Wales, though, I don't sound that Welsh. No. I think there's there's different leagues of Welshness, yeah. and and I sound Welsh to non-Welsh speakers. But if you go to a more non a more Welsh speaking area, I sound quite English apparently. So it's yeah. it's strange. Yeah. It's it is. It's very strange. Yeah. So what were some of the first products you and your mum sourced then? The first thing we did then, or the next thing we did, was make a list of what products would we like to sell. And we thought about that in the same way we think about sourcing products today. What do we want as customers? You know, if we were at a shop, what would we want to buy? So we sourced some tea, coffee, sugar and bread canisters that were made by a company in the South Wales Valleys. We sourced some slate products that were made by a gentleman in Blaenau Fistiniog. 
and we sourced some, I'm trying to think, greetings cards from some small greetings cards companies. We tried to find things that were produced on a small scale, we, that had a story behind them that we could explain, you know, and, and start a conversation with our customers about, but things that we would genuinely buy ourselves if we were the customer. So some of the first steps you took were obviously you, you got your products, you, you and your mum decided to go into partnership. And you now run it, don't you, from a market hall? Yes. And have you always been there? Is it, has it always been? Yeah, that was the next thing on the list of things to do was find a location. And we, we were new, we, we, we feel we're still new, you know, we're 12 years in, but we were, we were brand new then to retail. You know, we'd never worked in retail, we'd never had any experiences. And we thought, right, what, what, how are we going to sell these things? So we looked at high street options and it just all felt a bit scary and a bit, you know, um, a bit of a commitment in terms of finances and time and all that sort of thing. So we considered the market because it felt a bit more... It felt like a lower risk. It felt like, like I initially said, we were in the position where we thought, oh, we'll give it a go and see how it works out. You know, there wasn't a long-term plan, you know, we're, we're going to be doing this 12, 10, 12 years on. It was, I think we felt, let's give it six months, you know, let's give it just, let's give it up to Christmas and see how it goes. So we thought with the market, you haven't got very long notice period. There aren't any rates. It felt quite safe, quite, don't want to say easy, but, you know, it felt that you were dealing directly with the town council who were the landlords there. So we went on the waiting list then for a unit inside the market. And while we were on that waiting list, we did a few stalls outside on the Bailey Heads, which is the outdoor market. And this was in July. And we both felt, oh, my goodness, we are not doing this in winter because <laughs> it's so windy and cold there, even on a hot day in the middle of summer. So um, so that was how we found a home in the indoor market. And we've been really, really well supported by the town council, by the market staff, like the market manager, David Clough, and, and the town clerk, Aaron Roberts. You know, we, you don't feel they're your landlords. They're like another business support um, team you've got in a way. So we started with an, a single unit and then a couple of years later, after you know, we found our feet and we thought, oh no, this is working, this is going well, a double unit came up and then we moved. So we doubled the size of the shop then, still in the indoor market. And that was 10 years ago, 2012. And we're still in that space today, although we are in negotiations for a high street shop. But that, that yes, I don't know when this will be, um, when this podcast will be, released as it were hopefully in the next couple of months we'll be on the high street or bailey street in ossestry rather than the market on bailey head oh wow that's so exciting isn't it can you it imagine is. the first day you get your keys oh i know you'll, Can't be, like wait. Giddy, you'll be like giddy kippers <laughs> won't you running around it'll be like, we will. brilliant it'll be yeah. sad to leave the market though because it yeah. is it sounds corny but it is a bit like you know family you know mm. you know you're more than just traders next door to each other or in the same building you do you know especially over the length of time we've been there you you develop really close relationships professionally and personally with, with the other traders. So it will be really sad to leave, but it's just a space issue. You know, the business has outgrown the space that's available to us there. We've exhausted lots of, we've we've explored and exhausted lots of options in terms of staying there, um, whether we could make the business work. It just feels it's a business. It des- I feel it deserves to be given a chance to grow. And that's what this move will enable, hopefully. 
Yeah, that, that's really good. Over the years, your, your business journey, you, you're now online. The market hall has obviously developed, hasn't it? I've seen it over the years as well. So you must be getting more footfall through the market mm-hmm. as well. So when did the e-commerce bit come in? Well, we, we actually had the website before we had the market unit. We thought right from the beginning, and this was 2010, so, you know, it, it, it was e-commerce was a thing, you know, maybe not as, as big as it is now, but, you know, we were using Amazon, eBay, you know, I can remember, you, you know, using website, you were ordering things online, maybe even CD Wow, you know, going back, you know, you, it was a thing to order things online, but maybe obviously not as much as now. So we felt, me and my mum, right from the early days, right we want this shop unit we want to shop in Street. people can physically come to us and traditionally buy things but there is this other world of, of shopping that exists that we know, we're very familiar with so we got a website we um again wanted to keep it local and we used a company from welshpool um 27 stars they were called and they um, helped us develop a website. And that website was great as an initial one for like the first couple of years. And then by 2012, 2013, there were issues cropping up and they were uh, they were saying, oh, there's too much. Um, you've got too much items on your in your shop. So that's when we were sort of forced then because we thought, well, we're not keeping the shop small just so the website works. So we looked for another website provider then and we wanted one that would work bilingually because selling what we sell having a bilingual business is really important it's like one of the key things because selling Welsh things we obviously have the integrity of being fluent Welsh speakers and providing our service in both languages equally to our customers is really really important to us so having a bilingual website we found a service provider called Shopify and they're based in Canada so they understand that bilingualism you know with with mm, Canada yeah. being well Quebec being bilingual with um English and French so we we we've been with that provider since 2013 and we're really really self-taught basically when I've had a bit of time on my hands I've looked into how do I code things or how do I develop things you know in terms of the website and, and it, that's grown very then. So 2013, I think that version of the website came about. And from that point, probably from the beginning of, of having the website, it grew very organically. And the website developed over time. You know, we'd, we'd take more money in the shop, but the website was gradually taking a little bit more and more. And we were gradually taking a few more parcels to the post office and things. So it's very organic. And then 2019, we saw a definite increase in online sales. And then, of course, the pandemic happened and it totally flipped on its head and and we became online only for Mm. for quite a long time, like lots of other businesses. Yeah. Yeah. And I I love that you describe yourself as probably the only Welsh shop in England. Yeah, and I think you probably are, aren't you? So, um, yeah, I love we, that. that we you- do qualify it just in case there's a shop we're not aware of. The Welsh Books Council, who are our main um, books, our only book supplier, and they supply all the Welsh shops. They haven't got anyone else in England you'd class as a Welsh shop. So we could nearly say we are the only Welsh shop in England, but I don't know. There's a little bit of hesitation just in case we've missed yeah. something obvious. Yes, that yes. probably word is yes. quite important. It is, yes. it is. And it's marketing yeah. again, you know, there's a, um, it sort of should, you know, make somebody think about the beer that you, that uses probably is there. 
that's it yeah probably the best um yes (laughs) just talking about your business as it is today what is your working day like? You've got children, so you've mm-hmm. obviously got to work your life around your children. The shop isn't open every day, but I'm guessing the stock is there. Therefore, mm-hmm. you've got to fulfill orders from your website. So if you could just sort of talk us about how you kind of operate your day and how you work it around your family. Yeah, it's a lot of juggling, basically, like I'm sure lots of other people do. My daughter's in school, so that makes life easier. And they have a breakfast club, so we can take her, either myself or my husband or another family we share lifts with. Once she's in school, she's sorted for the day. My son, he's two. He either goes to nursery or he goes to his grandmother on the days we're open. So we're open on Mondays, Wednesday. Well, we're open as a full shop traditionally you can walk into on a Wednesday Friday Saturday but we also are in the market on a Monday packing our online orders so on a Monday for example because that was that was yesterday <laughs> I, I get there after after my daughter's gone to school my son's gone to nursery Maleri who who works for me she she is She's in charge of picking the orders and packing them because she has the highest level of attention to detail that you can imagine. You know, if <laughs> I, if I give Malaria a job, she exceeds any sort of expectation or ability that I've got. So <laughs> Malaria does the things that need attention to detail. And I do the things that like I'll print the order sheets and then I'll do a bit of admin then while she's packing things. Depends how busy we are in terms of how long that takes. And then once the orders are packed, we we do a bit of social media. We're a bit reactive. We'd like to be a bit more strategic about these things and have a plan. And and it is something I'm working on with uh, with another business based in Ossestry here on getting a bit more strategic with our marketing and our social media. But at the moment, basically, when we've packed our orders, we'll think, right, what should we put on Instagram today? Oh, that looks nice. And we'll have a bit of a chat about it. And I don't think you're the only one there that does that. <laughs> no, and I think that's that's good yeah. to do that. Because there was one day I was in with my son. He was because um his grandmother wasn't well so he was pottering around the shop and he was grabbing books from a shelf and moving them to another shelf and it looked that I did took a photo and it looked as if he was stacking he was putting books on the shelf so I I took that picture and put it on Instagram because it looked so lovely of this two-year-old putting books on a bookshelf and like so you can't plan things like that I know I can't plan all my social media but I would like to be a bit more organized and strategic about it and be able to like do it a bit more professionally I suppose um it comes back to the being self-taught about everything and you do sort of lack a bit of confidence in what you're doing but yeah it's better to just do something than not do anything I suppose but in terms of marketing and I thought yeah and I think you get braver don't you the more you do things Mm. so things like email marketing it's always a bit daunting isn't it the first few you send yeah. And then after that, you kind of get into your flow and you you kind of start expressing your own personality, which is good. So yeah, yeah. and that's actually something. Email marketing is something for the last sort of probably 18 months. We've 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 realized that, that that's really effective for us more than or we can see clearer responses to email marketing than we can to the social media stuff we're doing. So although we, we do try and be re, you know regular in terms of our social media with our email marketing, I have got some sort of time table I try and keep to every week and and try and, and, and plan ahead and because we can see how how our customers specifically respond really well to it we ha- I have invested a bit of thought into into the email marketing definitely 
Yeah, and I think email marketing has become um, a lot more important now as well because you don't get to see, even if you sign up to see or follow a shop or a business online on Instagram, Facebook or whatever, you don't actually see their posts. Mm. Whereas the email, if you are interested in that business, you know that that email is going to come through and you're going to get to see it. So even from a consumer perspective, it's really important, isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Because there's this algorithm thing that people talk about with social media that I, I think you're right. If you don't pay for posts, they seem to not be getting many views. We do occasionally pay. We're dipping our toe into sort of Google ads at the moment. But again, we're just we don't it feels as if we don't know what we're doing, but we're, we're trying it. And then once we sort of done some social media for the day on a Monday, the next thing would be um, if, if there's time bit of stock taking, bit of admin. Um, you know, we've we've had some issues recently where some of our suppliers, the stuff that's come from our suppliers hasn't been of a good enough quality. And we've had to we've had to send them pictures, send it, you know, a lot of like sort of um, what's the word? Extra jobs having to send it all back, you know. So that's unfortunately been something that's taken some time recently. And then we have then a collection from our courier, DPD, and we have a collection from the Royal Mail. We've moved away from using the post office just Mm -hmm. because the quantities were getting bigger. And so we have those between half past two and half past three, basically, our parcels go. go. We have click and collect customers coming as well on a Monday. So local customers who maybe have ordered online could come and collect. So what we do on the other days, the Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, is exactly the same as a Monday. It's just we've also got customers coming in. Because the business outgrew the market, we've taken on an office in the town centre where we do our packing. So we have the stock is all in the market and then we have one of these festival trolleys that we put the stock in and wheel it to the office or the packing stuff's in the office pack it all there and then wheel the parcels back by happens two. so it feels a bit it's a lot of effort but it's yeah. the, it's the only way we can make it work really in terms yeah. of space until we have the this one unit that that we've got in the pipeline yeah because on the monday we can both be in the office, me and Maleri, because customers aren't coming to the shop. Yeah. But on Wednesdays, Fridays, we have to make sure that there's at least one of us in the shop, even if we've got lots of online orders. And then on a Saturday, Maleri tends to be on her own because we haven't got the orders coming in the same. So she'll be picking the orders, but not packing them because we haven't got any collections. So Mondays and Saturdays are a bit different. Saturday is like customer facing only. Monday is online orders only and then the other two days are a mixture yeah just moving on to your product range now I was wondering how you sourced your products because you include a lot of local people local makers local designers Mm -hmm. you also obviously source from further afield than local you know you've got a really diverse range in there haven't you so I was just wondering how you kind of find your products do they people find you as well yeah, recently we have been getting people approaching us more. And I think that's a really nice position to be in. You know, local people who've made some gorgeous things. Like we've got um, a recent, most recent local supplier is an artist who's painted an image of Lake Vernware, which is just like a local beauty spot about half an hour away. And really well known, you know, it's got a, a um, there's like a tower in the, in the lake. People yeah. are familiar with it. 
and she's painted a scene of that and then she's had it printed but in a really really high quality way onto cushions bags tea towels and and a pouch and she approached us you know and and it, the work she's got is beautiful so we're, we're really really delighted that she thought I want my my beautiful things to sell in this shop yeah so that does happen we also like you say there's a lady who started making cards locally and we like her work we've approached her but most of the stuff we sell yes we've we found that you know we've either with one of our main cards company is a, a company called Draenog and that's actually my sister's company and how her business developed was we the first Christmas we had in 2010, it was October, and we realized, oh, we need to get some Christmas cards. We were a bit like, because we were new to it. Yeah. And then we asked my sister, who's a graphic designer, would she mind designing some, you know, just some simple ones. We had pictures of sheep in a field of snow sort of thing, and the dollar yeah. flower, which is Merry Christmas in Welsh on them. So she created them for us, and we sold them, you know, we paid we paid for like the printing and things. And then she then realized that it was something she could develop. And she now works as just as a cards designer and she supplies shops throughout the UK. Oh, wow. so I think she may have some international customers as well. And that's something that's come about because we had a need. She had the ability to help us and then it's developed for her as well. So she's our main cards company and there's a few others, all UK based, most of them based in Wales. But because we're not geographically in Wales we don't feel that some Welsh shops will only buy from Welsh companies but we feel well we're, we're not in Wales ourselves so we do have some suppliers outside Wales um, and one of our main card suppliers is from Sunderland and some of our we have wholesalers we buy from who are ones in Derby and ones in Tunbridge Wells but what that means is by buying through a wholesaler we can get the costs lower than if it was a handmade bespoke piece. Yeah. So when you look at something like the jugs we sell, jugs are really, really popular as, as vases. We've got jugs for like £9 that we get from a wholesaler. And then we've got jugs for £30 that have been made by hand. So we're, it's really important, I think, to offer that choice to a customer because not everyone wants to spend £30 on a jug, but some people want oh this is handmade and this is unique and bespoke is mm. that sort of dif you know the different customers and I think the one thing as I said at the beginning that ties all the eclectic like you said it is really eclectic yeah um the thing that ties it all together is the Welsh language yeah. and um you know so the books are um they're Welsh books or they're bilingual books um the cards are all Welsh cards so if you you know um happy birthday and Merry Christmas and platinum anniversaries, you know, every occasion you can think of, you know, we've got um, stepfather, godmother, all, all these different cards um, and, and they're all in Welsh. And we send them to, we've got customers in New Zealand, in Australia, you know, they're not just in Welsh Wales, as it were, although it does surprise me how many customers living in really, really Welsh-speaking areas, more so than this area, do use our business rather than um you know is it something they're not able to find more local to them so yeah, yeah. I think we're really really fortunate and it's that thing of um when when you get an order through you do not literally dance but you do do a little happy dance inside that this yeah. person has chosen they could have gone to anyone and they've come to us so yeah that's really important too 
Do do you think over the recent years with the pandemic, do you think what people are buying has changed? Well, from you anyway? It certainly did during the pandemic. People would be buying lots more book educational stuff for children, you know, with the homeschooling. We saw lots of parents buying big bundles of, of, um, of books that you could call more academic. People would also, I think, buy things just to make just to make them happy. You know, they bought themselves a, a present, yeah. um, you know, and, and I'd have friends telling me, oh, I saw that cushion on your website the other day and it made me smile. So so I ordered it. But I think that's changed people. I think this cost of living crisis we're in at the moment, I, I hope it's a temporary thing, but it, it's made people more um, wary of, of, you know, they haven't got the disposable income to buy a cushion to cheer them up. Um, so so th- I think it's changed, yes, but I think it's changed again and gone. I don't know if it's gone back to how it was before the pandemic, but people do seem to be thinking a lot more about what they're buying and maybe buying for a specific reason, like a specific birthday, rather than just, oh, I, I like that, so I'm going to buy it. Whereas in the pandemic, we were home, we had nothing else to do. We were, we were buying stuff to make ourselves feel better. So that, that's gone, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps the treat market isn't quite so prolific as it was during the pandemic. Yeah. Because I was in there um, a couple of months ago, wasn't it? I think when mm. I came in to buy a Mother's Day present and I asked you, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? Does that get a bit boring no <laughs> people love it you that all the day. absolutely love it that is one of the main things but if you were to ask me why do you do it and what's it all about it would be to share this I've got this information that I can share with you you know I've got you know I I, I never learned Welsh my Welsh is my first language I learned English you know and, and mm, um yeah. and although I'm fluent in both languages Welsh is my first language and I and I realized when I was in labor with my daughter and there was a midwife change that I actually, and, and the second midwife spoke Welsh, I realized I think in Welsh, you know, yeah. I don't, now we're having this conversation, the translation's happening automatically into English. But when you're in like a, a position um, of stress and, and um, emotions, it, it's not as easy to translate. Mm. So I love it when people ask me, oh, what does this mean? And what's this all about? And, and tell me a bit more about, you know, just, because because it's mm. such an important part, you you know you it, it's a culture and a language that I've just grown up in, and it's all I've ever known. And yeah. to be able to share that with people, and to see in recent years, there's a lot more positivity around learning Welsh, especially as adults. There's always been a lot of positivity in this area about children in Welsh medium education. That's always been really well supported. But what we're seeing in more recent years is lots of adults saying, oh, I I wish I'd learnt Welsh as a child and I'm learning it now. Or my grandmother or my nine was Welsh, so I want to learn it for her. And and there's a lot more interest in, in adults learning Welsh, definitely. And as well as like, you know, we've got a critical mass of just people like me who speak Welsh because it's their first language. But no, I, I, I think it's really important as well when you get customers like like you were a couple of months ago need wanting a card for somebody Welsh and knowing what they want in English but not being able to find it in Welsh for for us to be able to help you do that oh mm. that that's fantastic you know it gives you a little fuzzy feeling that you know we're yeah. we're helping this family we're helping this this person and how pleased that recipient's going to be to get a Welsh card. And we've helped a little bit. So it's definitely important. And that's the first step as well. 
when somebody asks you a question like what does this mean well that's the that could be the first step to unlocking a new a whole new language to that person you know they might think oh I, I'm interested by this I want to know more and then a really important thing we do is signpost those people to the Welsh media Welsh lessons and and resources that are available everywhere now if somebody wants to learn a bit of Welsh it's not you know it's not about everyone being fluent it's about everyone feeling that the Welsh language because the language of Britain you know it's it's a language that belongs to everyone in the British Isles and it's about sharing sharing what we've got in this little corner of Shropshire with the rest of Britain yeah, and it's so lovely to hear your passion about the Welsh language as well. I mean, I've I've spent most of my life living a mile from the Welsh border, and I know very little Welsh, which I feel quite ashamed about now. I think I might actually go and learn some Welsh. You've encouraged <laughs> That's me. That's the thing. You shouldn't you shouldn't ever feel shame. Language, and for me, Welsh language because it's my language. It's about bringing us together. It's not mm. about any. Loads of Welsh speakers feel, oh, my Welsh isn't good enough. Like you've just said, you know, oh, I yeah. don't know enough. But to know any Welsh means it's your language, you know, because I'm sure um, that like kutch, you know, is a word people know. Um, paned is a word you hear. There's a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And then nine are tied for grandparents. You know, these are words that lots of English or non-Welsh speaking people will have heard. And and that that means it's your language too. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I am passionate about nobody feeling it's not for them. And that's one of the reasons we haven't got red dragons everywhere. And we haven't got rugby balls and, and daffodils everywhere. We think we do have some really nice daffodil sign things, but we try and keep it so it's not like in your face, this is only a place for people who support the Wales rugby team or who watch S4C. You know, we want people to come to our shop because it looks beautiful and it's got really interesting things in it. And then they realise, oh, this is in Welsh. Oh, oh, isn't that interesting? And then you can... That's a start of a positive conversation rather than somebody seeing it's like Liverpool and Manchester United in the football, you know, and, and, and it can be like that with sports. And if somebody's an England fan for whatever reason, and they won't come into my shop if I've got red dragons and, and the Prince of Wales feathers everywhere. So I don't want that. I, w- I want people to think this looks interesting. I want to know a bit more about it. Yeah, I really love your beliefs behind your shop. It's really interesting to hear. It's lovely to hear. Thanks. Um, so who are your customers? I think you kind of touched on it before because you've got online and obviously face to face as well. Is it sort of 50-50 or is it? No, it was 50-50 before the pandemic. As I said, online was already growing then and it was getting to us 50-50. And then pandemics sort of flipped everything over and it was 100% online. And then because the shops opened and then reclosed and opened, you know, it's all been open and closed for a bit. We were at sort of like 80, 20 and then we were at 70, 30. And I think we're sort of around the 60, 40 now with online and in the shop. All right, Um, mostly mostly online. Mostly online in terms of income, mostly our turnover, mostly online. But I I don't know, because with the new shop that we're in negotiations about, we'll be more visible and we'll be able to open more days and longer hours. So that might, it might increase just naturally for, for those two reasons, being a, because in the market hall, you're not as visible as if you are on a high street. And in the market hall, you have to close when the market hall itself closes. So we'll have those restrictions taken away from us. 
that might mean more footfall, but well, we hope it means more footfall. But that's the split at the moment is about sort of 60, 40, 70, 30, that, that sort of region. You may actually increase your product range as well, mightn't you? Because you might have more space and more display room and yeah. more, more place to hold all the stock. Well, I, we're bursting at the seams now. <laughs> so what, what we're <laughs> going to do like initially is just to have the stock we've got now and see then, okay, are there any gaps? Is there, you know, because mm-hmm. what I find is people want, um, if you've got one, if you've got a shelf and it's only got one or two of a product on the shelf, people don't buy it. People need to see you've got plenty of things and then they'll pick it up. There's some yeah. sort of, I don't know what the psychology behind it is, but you need enough it needs to look like you've got enough for people to think oh yes I'll pick one of those up so um so yeah if the shop's a bit empty I don't think it will be because as I said we're bursting but um yeah we'll, we'll be looking at increasing but we do need to consider what we've got for, for people maybe who aren't Welsh speakers and don't have any wish to be Welsh speakers and whether we can have um you know we've got things like chocolate that's made in Wales well it doesn't matter that you know if you like chocolate it doesn't matter where it's made sort of thing you know and Mm. and maybe thinking about that customer group as well because we'll never ever forget the customer group who's speaking Welsh we'll never forget the learners Um, so maybe thinking about the other customer group will help complement the existing groups we've got. Your marketing I know you touched on it before it's an evolving art, isn't it? Yeah. It? <laughs> it kind of changes yeah. um, month to month. Yeah. So kind of what is your focus at the moment with your marketing? We've got things like the Welsh Books Council, who are one of our main suppliers. They have like um, a book books of the month every month. So we always promote them. And we've got some book awards like the Tirnanog Book Awards for Children and Young People. That shortlist is being promoted at the moment. We've got um the Wales Book of the Year, I think is called Shavar of Loisin in Welsh for which is um Welsh language and Welsh English books about Wales. That's on we've just had notification that that's coming so we work we work closely with the Welsh Books Council in terms of using their promotions we've just got a tv screen in the window that shows these adverts and that's a promotion through American Express for bookshops where we provide either the images or we send Instagram reel videos to this this gentleman in South England South of England and he puts them on the telly for us. And so we have adverts rolling on that then when we're open. But the plan is when we're on the high street that those adverts will show when we're closed. So we might have adverts saying about our loyalty scheme or ones showing um, our faces as the members of staff or another one with our opening times. So that's a new marketing thing we've got. It sounds it's- really good. Yeah, yeah. and it, it is fantastic because it looks really professional, but it's quite low input you know we're just emailing him we're creating the reels anyway for Instagram or we're getting the images from the Welsh Books Council and we're just sending them to Matt it feels magically sends them to this telly the technology involved but that's a fantastic theme you know if there are any bookshops interested in that and they're talking about opening it up for other sectors like hospitality and things soon so I think that's in a way it feels a bit old-fashioned but but it's not. It's using our social media stuff that we're already doing. And, it, and it's using your window. Well, it will be using your window space on the high street, won't yeah, it? So, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And making it, you know, so if we're not open on a Sunday or it's an evening and somebody happens to be walking past that they will see something and, and you know, something that hopefully will make them either go onto our website or pop in when we're yeah. open. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. You use Instagram and Facebook. I've seen your reels. They're brilliant. Because yes. it actually feels like you've, <laughs> you're in your shop and you get to see everything that's going on and you can yeah. see all the different things, the different products and stuff in real life. It's really good to see. Have you enjoyed doing them? Do you find they work? Yeah, well, yes, find their work. It's not, I I suppose, because with the email marketing, the software we use tells us exactly who's bought based on the campaigns we send. And you don't get that as much with Facebook and Instagram, but you get... And and I think a lot of it is like we were talking before with this algorithm and they're wanting you to pay for boosting posts. So I think it's a habit that we need to keep up, that we do it regularly for lots of reasons, you know, um, you know, to get some people might just like watching them and never buy something from us, which is fine because it's still supporting us. But, you know, it, it like you say, it's showing people who otherwise don't know what we've got I think I've read somewhere I've heard somewhere that if you don't do it every day that your algorithm suffers or something so you know it is something we do try and keep doing and we've looked at Twitter we find is very good sort of business to business and we'll share like you know um, if authors are sharing something but we don't find many of our like actual customers are that, that active on Twitter I find Twitter nice just you know in terms of keeping up to date with the news and and but TikTok is something I've sort of dipped my toe into again but I feel I'm a bit old for, for understanding it <laughs> <laughs> I feel I need to have the time to sit down and work it what it's actually all about and I haven't found that time yet so we've done a few TikToks but I don't know how they what TikTok's meant to be. You know, I, I feel with Instagram and Facebook, because I'm a user of those two as well, I don't have to work out what am I supposed to be doing now. I find that I always like to use them as a user first. Mm, yeah. See as a consumer of the information or whatever, whether it would actually whether it actually compels me to do anything about yeah. it. You know, when I watch it, does it compel me to do anything? And I think that's always kind of guides me as to whether to use it or not. But as you say, yeah. TikTok is a very young market at the moment, isn't it? So mm, yeah. maybe that'll change though. So well, but Maleri, who who is um our employee, is young. And, you know, is is that sort of the, the TikTok target age? And uh, and it's uh, another thing for me to add to her list of responsibilities, possibly, is right, yeah. you could be in charge of TikTok. But it's also then getting that sort of um, consistent across everything we're doing. So we're sending the same message out. So, you know, because if, if, we do tend to put the same thing on our Instagram and our Facebook just because it's, it's a more efficient use of time because if you post on one, you can get it to automatically go on the other. And I know that that isn't the best practice, but it's it's what you do in a busy day with lots of other demands as well, isn't it? So um, Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. And I think most people do do it. Just thinking about shop, flying the shop independent flag. I know mm. that um, locally you do lots to support the market and the market obviously does lots to support everybody that's in the market yeah. hall. Um, you do lots to support the town you do lots to support um, charities so can you tell us a little bit about some of the things you do do to fly the shop independent flag well it's a bit like um we're talking about with the the welsh because the language because shopping independent feels such a natural and obvious thing to do it's difficult to sort of separate out what we do specifically in a way because it's just my belief would be 
if you can buy something from an independent, um, possibly smaller business to do that. So, you know, that's just something I do generally if I'm buying if I'm buying something, I don't know, um, you know, if you're buying meat or something that you that you support a local butcher rather than the supermarket, if you're able to. And, and being in the market, you just see like such a massive wide variety of these local businesses, not just the goods you're buying, providing that extra level of service. And, you know, if you need a bit of advice and I says that's what you get from an independent shop rather than somebody who's got lots of um, shareholders and things, you know, it's it's. And it's very important in these days when when we're sort of hearing about these massive companies making billions of pounds of profit and people are really struggling with basic purchases that that I that you support independent businesses where that money stays in the local economy or in mm. or in a sort of more localized economy. Everything we do tries to achieve that aim, like working with small suppliers and supporting small suppliers. And, you know, even when it comes to our packaging, you know, we, we've got a few companies we use and some of them are, are smaller companies and some of them are bigger companies and, and that sort of thing. So it's definitely something we try and do. And you try and avoid sort of, I don't know, your Amazons, but like occasionally it's like, where else do you get certain things in Amazon? So it's it's not a perfect situation. But as I said before, knowing as a small business owner, the wonderful feeling it is when somebody trusts you with their order. I want other small businesses to feel like that as well when I'm ordering things. So it's definitely it's like a circle in a way. You know, I want I want to pass that good feeling on. And I want to pass that um, sort of keeping money in a in a, is a circular economy, or oh, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that you know, if I, if I'm if I'm supporting a local tradesman, that local tradesman then is buying from a local shop, and as you know, and is keeping it. And and the charity stuff is really important as well. You know, it's something we do just because it feels like the right thing to do. And it feels like, you know, you want to give something back to organizations that have helped us in our personal lives or who do wonderful things in the local um, local area and nationally. So it's definitely something we try to do. It's like everything I've mentioned. You focus on what you could do better rather than, oh, actually, no, we do do this and we do support local and we do try and shop as independently as we can. There's always room to improve, I suppose. But I yeah, think what what yeah. you're doing is is fantastic in terms of giving small business, small independent businesses like us. You know, um, I've gone blank what the word is now, but you know, sh- a showcase. You know, uh, showing us to a wider world than we're able to do ourselves because we're maybe busy with the day to day, the admin stuff I was mentioning. So both, you know, what you do on local shops and this podcast is is a fantastic opportunity for local independent businesses who maybe wouldn't have that ability without somebody like you giving us giving us that thank you I I absolutely love doing it and I think it is really important because together we've got a bigger voice haven't we Mm, yeah on your own you have got a tiny little voice against the the you know the very big marketplaces Mm. the big companies and everything so it is it is really important and I believe we should all shop independent as much as we possibly can, which is exactly what you've been saying. Mm. And it's important for lots of reasons, isn't it? For the businesses themselves, for our communities, the economy, product choice. I mean, there's lots and lots and lots of reasons. Mm. And I think one of the, the things that I see that you do a lot is um, support 
on the community side. So I noticed that you donate books to libraries, for instance, Mm -hmm. and you get involved with things like that. So of all the reasons for shopping independent, what would you say is one of the, the biggest reasons why people should shop independent more? Going back to what we were saying about the market and, and other other local businesses in the town as well, and in every town throughout the country, I'm sure, when you buy independent, you're you're buying their experience and their expertise. I don't want to name um, you know, but a chain shop, they wouldn't know how, how you're meant to fix yeah. this this problem you've got. So it's that um it's that extra level of service and expertise that, that that's been you know that's taken years for local businesses for independent businesses to to grow that and nurture that themselves and it's about it is about the money as well at the end of the day but a lot of independent businesses unfortunately can't compete with the bigger companies because we haven't got the buying power they have like supermarkets or something so it is what can we do differently to differentiate ourselves from these bigger companies and it is to me the that personal extra service yeah you're right it's about the people isn't it I mean there's a lot um where can we find you online and you might have to spell it (laughs) our website is I don't know do you need the www bit but it's um it's www.shopcolumn.co.uk and as I said um the shop is spelt in the Welsh way so it is s-i-o-p-c-w-l-w-m for mother yeah .co.uk yeah and when I chose um when we we were thinking of names and then we'd spoken about the column being the knot and everything and one of the other things I thought oh it's an easy word for non-Welsh speakers to say and to me oh column is really easy but I don't think it is (laughs) I I think it is once you've heard (laughs) once you've heard it once it is but when you see the word written down you're like how do you say that It's been absolutely wonderful speaking to you today, Lowry. Thank you very much. Um, I've really enjoyed that conversation. Please, everybody, take a look at Shop Column. Lowry has given all the details for where they can be found. Plus, they're on Love Our Shops UK shopping directory. So until next time, shop independent as much as you possibly can. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of the Shop Independent Show. I loved bringing it to you and excited to share more shop independent inspiration in the upcoming episodes. Shopping with independent shops is absolutely the best way to shop for all our beautiful futures. Head over to my shopping directory, Love Our Shops UK, where you'll find lots of independent shops and product inspiration. The directory is www.loveourshopsuk.com. I'm on Instagram, Facebook and Pinterest at Love Our Shops UK. If you're an independent shop, why not join the directory and be part of this growing community of shops gaining traffic and visibility? I would love to have you on board and independent shoppers would too. As the saying goes, the more, the merrier. I will add all the links in the show notes. Make sure you rate, review and subscribe. It helps so much. Plus, it makes me smile. Share this episode far and wide as this is another way to support these amazing independent shops. I will see you next week for another episode of the Shop Independent Show. Thank you.